Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Hoovering, the podcast about eating. I'm Jessica Fosterkew. I love eating as much as anything else in the world, but also it sometimes brings me conflict, shame and all sorts of other things that are rubbish. It's complicated and I think fascinating. This is a conversation with an interesting soul, not just about food, but about gobbling it up, or if you will, hoovering. Hey donkeys! We're actually only a few days off of Valentine's Day, and I don't know if you care about that. I'm not sure if I do, but I've decided that this year we're going to do a special hoovering. I'm going to talk sort of in a vaguely more themed way about romantic and love-type eating stuff with the mastermind behind the Breakup Monologues podcast and now book, comedian Rosie Wilby. Don't worry, we didn't try and get hold of an oyster to eat each in our own warm, sealess urban houses. Well, it's tempting to try... I just didn't want to face death so young. Um, If you're on uh, Patreon, you will soon be getting your exclusive Hoovering third birthday special massive dinner party episode where I had absolutely amazing guests all in one massive eating festival. Um, And you'll be getting that like half a year plus earlier than the general public. So I also wanted to say thank you so much if you came to the live show online last Sunday. What a blast we had. That episode will be coming out for general delectation very soon. If you don't know what Patreon is and you're like, what is she on about? Go to Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash a hoovering pod um, and you'll see the sorts of things I'm on about. It's basically where you can swap anything from as little as two quid a month um, 
to help support the podcast and help me pay my guests more and get decent equipment and all that kind of stuff and just stay afloat at the moment um in exchange for podcast related stuff like discount tickets to live shows and uh guest recipes and exclusive content First things first, though, I want you to know I would never be ruded if you weren't supporting this or any other podcast, because actually you're too busy giving your spare beans, literally and metaphorically, to a food bank. I would love it if you were doing that at the moment, even more. They're screaming for help. Um, if you don't know where to start, um, I, I, I reckon um, either Foodshare and or the Trussell Trust are a really safe bet. If you want to try Oddbox, you can get a tenner off your first box. They're like a fruit and veg company who I just think are amazing, based in and in the counties around London for now. Hopefully they'll grow even more. And they do like stuff that was either surplus or like vaguely too wonky for a supermarket, but it's just fine and delicious and actually really exciting. Um, anyway, yeah, I've got a code for a tenner off your first box if you want, which makes it only a few quid. Um, it'll be in the podcast notes, or if you follow at the Hoovering Pod on Twitter, it's in the bio there as well. So Let's have a podcast, shall we? Rosie and me, um, we're in our homes, on the Zooms, obviously. Um, we wanted to eat something love-related, and, I mean, you'll hear how well my research on that front went. As I said, oysters weren't an option, nor were all sorts of other things, really, during lockdown, and I, I didn't want us to go shopping, especially for some weird love-related food. Um, but, luckily, it all has worked out fine, because one thing we both did have, just like those sexy dogs in that Disney film who were like round the back of some romantic bins, was a bowl of the famous love food, spaghetti. We had spaghetti. It's a long-winded way of saying we both had spaghetti for lunch. We're doing a love-themed special hoovering. Woo! For it being near to Valentine's Day and you being the master of breakups. (laughs) (laughs) No, the host of the amazing breakup monologues. Um, Yeah. Uh, so we decided, you and I, to um, to try and have like a yeah a love themed hoovering. Yes. Straight away, straight away it was comical because I googled <laughs> the food of love and it came up with about three pages of breastfeeding. <laughs> well, that's a kind of love, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And we, it, I, if anything, it's strange that. Um, it's strange that I, it's not very Valentine's Day. It's not romantic love, is it? But um, no, I, another kind. Yeah, I've not yet had a Hoovering guest who um, who was knocker feeding whilst recording. I've had babies <laughs> there, but the babies were annoyingly didn't join in the Hoovering. Oh, um, which is a shame. I've had babies in people's tummies during the Hooverings, both Aww. secretly and not. Um, I've not got any babies. No, me neither. Uh, no, no babies here right now. Yeah. Although I have been doing a comical because uh, we agreed to eat spaghetti. Yeah, and I have been doing a little Lady and the Tramp reenactment photo shoot with my dog Dolly. That's amazing. I can't <laughs> wait to see the results of the photo shoot. Um, whenever I try and do anything, I don't know. Like I don't usually take particularly take extra care over the stuff I'm making for these podcasts for photographs you know visuals I mean I want them to taste great because people are listening to this they're not watching this so it's like yeah who cares but for this I feel like a bowl of spaghetti with a dollop of red sauce on it is quite beautiful visually and um and quite easy to make look yummy and I did that and then I grated a little bit of cheese on it and then I um my broke my pepper grinder 
So I've accidentally <laughs> got about eight to, to 15 whole peppercorns in mine. Oh, wow. Which I think, if anything, will spice things up a bit. Spicy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, spaghetti's better than breast milk. I think the, I'll know that the podcast has run its. I, I'll know that it's run its course, and that I'm really clutching at fucking straws when it's me and a guest just sipping at breast milk that we've bought from a pervert's website. <laughs> <laughs> no judgment if that's your bag. I'm sure it's delicious. Um, end end of the series. Yeah, season finale. End of every series how did, ever. How did it come to this? Uh, although it's funny that we've ended up with spaghetti because of of course the little romantic scene in lady and the tramp because i think it's quite a tricky food to try and eat on a date yeah because it's so messy and you look awful when you've got all these wiggly worms hanging out of your mouth it's a really don't mean to put you off (laughs) <laughs> no, no, I, uh, I'm shameless and I, I happily eat with you as well. I'm not going to try and do it in a, in a way that looks nice to me. I agree, yeah. like the hardest thing to eat on a date, so there's irony there. I think oh. the other raging irony about it is that, one, have you... You can't really share food with a dog. Do- a dog can't share food <laughs> with another dog. Like, have you ever had spaghetti, like, <laughs> on a date where you're sharing it from the same bowl? I haven't, and I. There's no God, way no. two dogs are sharing a bowl. Dogs need spikes in their bowls sometimes, don't they, just to slow them down? <laughs> so do I sometimes. Well, I tell you what. Actually, yeah. doing this little photo with her, we yeah. have undone two and a half years of dog training. <laughs> but you know, don't don't hover over mummy while she's eating her dinner at the table. And now I'm like, come here, Dolly. Come here, Dolly. Share spaghetti with mama. <laughs> She's going to have totally the wrong idea. She's just going to be leaning over my shoulder thinking she can just uh, <laughs> I love eat the idea straight off my plate. Instead of looking mournfully at the butcher's window, she's just going to be there at the pastor aisle from now on going... You <laughs> 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 accidentally trained her into sharing lunch with you. <laughs> I know. Oh, God. Oh. Yes. Yeah, no, I think, even, I think even two adults trying to share a bowl of pasta where you get... Even getting the same bit of pasta in two mouths, logistically tricky, let alone yeah. eating it to the point where going oh. going at the same speed to the point where you actually, where no. that eating ended in a kiss. Oh, no, it's not going to happen, is it? It's and, pure I fantasy. Mean, imagine, I was thinking as well, of course, if we're thinking about in current times, if you were sharing yeah. spaghetti with somebody you're trying to socially distance with, you'd have <laughs> to have a spaghetti piece that was at least two metres long. I mean, yeah. probably a bit longer to allow for the curvature of the spaghetti and the little bit you've got in one another's mouths. Yeah. So, yes. <laughs> complicated. And the sort of, yeah, I don't I think anything that's really logistically hard work. Well, it's going to put you off if it's very early days, isn't it? I mean, you can have a laugh later on. Although I feel like those, you know, those, um, (laughs) there's like Guardian. Is it Guardian? Some newspapers seem to send two people on a date quite often. Oh, the blind date column. Is it the blind date column? Yeah, I think so. Quite often someone's impressed by a woman eating an entire fish with her hands or something, aren't they? (laughs) I think people kind of have gone all out now. and They're either like, no, I would never order spaghetti on a date, or they're like, no, watch me Viking through this big, giant, (laughs) raw animal. It's such a minefield, though. I, I hate choosing at restaurants anyway. I find that a minefield. Is that so because you love too many I don't things? Know. 
I do love a lot of things. And mm. I, so one of my favourite meals is tapas because you've got lots mm. of little delicious things. Mm. Um, there's this wonderful tapas restaurant near London Bridge, I think called Lobos or Lobos. I don't know if you've amazing. been there. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. wonderful. Lobos, yeah. is it... Is it Tierra Brindisa? Is it the same place? Is it like oh, on the know. corner of Borough Isn't Market? Isn't it Borough Market? Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. is. It's incredible. Oh, oh, I love it. I don't think, can you? you just got to turn up. No, you just wait. turn up. Yeah, I mean, not love. now. Yeah. Uh, but we had this dish that on the menu didn't sound... It sounded a bit strange. Black rice, it was called. Mm. But it was this um, rice with squid ink and with lovely prawns in it. And it was so tasty. Amazing. amazing. So I do do love tapas. I love lots of different little things. But also it was interesting because I sat in on a live episode of this podcast when you were up in Thirsk at Podcast Social Club. And you had Kate Fox and Bethany Black on, yes. who both were talking about being somewhat neurodiverse. Yeah, yeah, Asperger's, both of them. Yeah. yeah. And I've, I've always wondered if I am a little bit... Well, we call it asparagus. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds fun. It's a food. Um, Delicious. So me and my girlfriend always say, oh, yeah, I think I might be a little bit asparagus. Because um, yeah. I... I come out quite highly on those silly tests you do online for for Asperger's and autism and so on but but only you know kind of mildly um so I've never had any official diagnosis but one of the things I really related to that Kate and Bethany said is how difficult they find it to choose what to have like it feels like the end of the world if you choose the wrong thing you get menu envy and if someone else has got something that you really want it's like oh I chose the wrong thing I know exactly. I do know what you mean as well. I don't think I feel like the world's going to end. I think it's different. I think I just feel like, oh, and I hear you. Sometimes it's like, especially if you've gone somewhere special, snazzy, yeah. you know, and yeah. then it's like, oh, I fucking want to try everything. And yeah. But that's why, yeah. I guess that's why they invented the taster menu, isn't it? As well as the yes. of tapas and dim sum, which feels like Asian tapas, which is also yeah. amazing. But yeah, I get that thing where I almost every time I'm in any restaurant, I think oh, I fucking wish I didn't love everything. Like, it's the only time we think it must be easier, this, for people who are fussy, because it's like... Yeah. You know, it's simple. There's two things I like here. You can just flip Or if you're vegan. Yeah. Yeah, although these days, much easier than vegan, I'd say. True, true. Much easier. Flirt with it for January, as many have. Um, You have told me so many funny things in the run-up to this. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You said you have... And I've typically... Actually... One thing is, I thought, oh, God, it's mad, actually, that I've not discussed this with more people because it's so glaring, I think, for so many people. But you said you've got really different eating habits depending on if you're in a relationship or not or at what stage of a relationship. Yeah, definitely. And perhaps the critical thing is whether you're living with your partner Ah, or not. Yeah. Because my girlfriend and I now, I mean, particularly in lockdown and particularly because we're both getting a bit perimenopausal and when when you start getting to your sort of mid to late 40s as a woman my goodness you just want to eat everything (laughs) it's like hormonal eating I'm so worried about that Rosie when I get to it because I've already been there since about (laughs) since puberty so if that goes up a level 
I'm just worried of it in terms of sort of planetary stocks. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I hear you. Yeah. So, yeah, so we, we love food and we mm. make big portions. I mean, we make the excuse that, of course, we're making extra for the dog yeah. and for the two cats. And, but then, of course, we get to the end of our meal and we're like, oh, we forgot to say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. So both into cooking. Yeah, um, I mean, she's more regimented. Like, she'll mm-hmm. follow a recipe and she makes wonderful chilli or a Sunday roast and things mm-hmm. like that. Whereas I I kind of like just experimenting a bit. I love kind of fish curries and that mm-hmm. kind of thing, like with lots of lovely fresh herbs, like, you know, the little Gorgeous. cardamom pods and spices. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and yeah, um, with my spaghetti today, I, okay. it was really a case of seeing what we had in the cupboard, really, because in lockdown, you don't want to necessarily do extra shopping trips. So no. it was one of those where you kind of go, what have we got? Let's just make something with that. And so I just did a really simple with some lemon juice and lemon um, zest and oh. capers and a bit of fresh rosemary and parmesan. It was nice. Oh, so- rosemary. That's the curveball in there for me. I love. Well, that. I tell you what. I, I tell you what. It was meant to be fresh thyme, but mm. we didn't have that. We had fresh rosemary. I thought fresh it's rosemary. Going in. It is. Get in. I'm like, I love I'll rosemary. Always, it's so underrated. I love rosemary. I think people think of it as going with a roasted meat, but actually, it's lovely in all the things. Oh, I love it in loads of things Smell like roast potatoes it. or mm. roast veggies, and yeah, yeah, I, lush. I just. I love lobbing it in. I, yeah. I think I'll always opt for what of what fresh herbs have I got rather than just, you know, the dried thing in a jar. Yeah. Oh, Even good if it's totally the wrong spices and herbs. I'm you like, I'll just lob um, it in. in your, but in your spaghetti, you didn't go for any whole um, peppercorns? No, I had a little, ground a little bit uh, of black pepper on the uh, top. Right. Just, you know, as people yeah. do. That's more normal, I think, yeah. I think that's probably more <laughs> sort of, yeah. I, I've... Um, I've really pushed the culinary boundaries there. And I, I now have eaten yeah. a few and it's a lot. Whoa, it, is your head exploding? Borderline too much. No, I mean, it's, I like the texture, actually. I am one of those weirdos who I like the, um, you know, when you get at the bottom of a, a box of popcorn in the, at the cinema, you get sometimes a little unpopped kernel at the bottom that just tastes ultra salty or sweet. And it's like cracks oh. in your teeth. It's really bad for your and teeth. And it's so hard, yeah. Yeah, I like that. So actually, I don't mm. mind this. I mean, I think what I'm saying is people with a good palate, this <laughs> meal would be ruined for them. But for me, <laughs> I will continue to endure it. Also, it's my own mistake. Um, <laughs> idiot. I love a caper. I wish I'd got a caper involved Ooh. in this. Yeah, I, um, no, I love, I love a caper. I love a caper. That's so um, yummy. Yeah, definitely. It's, sea bogeys. It, you know, it really adds something. <laughs> They are a bit, aren't they? I um, I've used a red sauce. I I, on the sub- subject of batch cooking, do make a giant red sauce every now and again, and freeze lots of it. And I'm quite a uh, big head about my red sauces. I feel like mm. I do them well, like really slowly until they're really sweet and smoky. And I Ooh. I like using bits of bits and bobs of smoked paprika and loads of fresh basil mm. at the last minute. And I oh, sneak yes. some. I sneak other veg in it and whiz it all up to get to sneak them into my son not that he doesn't eat veggie can see but um (laughs) more veg more veg yeah so i got this out of the freezer yesterday it is nice i I wish i could taste it a bit more through the whole peppercorns Um, yeah have you had this i (laughs) i found historically that at the start of relationships not at the courting bit 
but mm. at the start of the secure feeling secure in a relationship or feeling loved back i should say maybe or whatever mm. i don't know what the best way to describe it is what's the most but secure that, that yeah, makes secure, sense feeling secure in a relationship um i always tub up a bit oh god oh yes yes I mean, definitely. it's a guaranteed it's just because i'm happy and i'm yeah you, you do so you do i feel like even your it's just a lack of anxiety it's like a less anxiety and perhaps yeah. you do you you become a bit more sedentary in normal life i mean yeah you well you do end up you eat together and eating yeah. dinner together becomes an event and yeah. you have a conversation and a glass of wine i mean if the relationship's going well i mean <laughs> yeah i once shared a flat with somebody i had a doomed fling with and that resulted oh, no. in us just uh you know, ultimately doing microwave meals and then buggering <laughs> off to our own rooms. Oh, separately. no! <laughs> oh, that's oh. the worst. And she would, like, stab the microwave meal really aggressively, like the fork <laughs> would go into the thing. Like, Get the biggest knife out to do it with, even really though the fork psycho. was done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've done all this research for... Writing books and your brilliant podcast, but you said there was a study worryingly recently that fatty food can make you gay. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I found a 2017 study done by a woman called Rita Strakosha. Mm -hmm. She has a psychology degree from the University of Albania. I thought you were going to say University of the Internet. Uh, well, Excellent. yeah, but yes, possibly. And she uh, sent a 56-page document to Pink News oh, God. after self-publishing it as an e-book. Uh, this paper ties homosexuality to fats, sugars and alcohol. And she says that cutting them out can prevent homosexual attractions. What? <laughs> I mean, that's uh, amazing. It's I know. Because it doesn't oh. leave you with anything to eat and you'd be dead. <laughs> Yes, yes. That, it's like that, that list that, that usually home, prevents any attractions. I feel like yeah. there's lots of bullshit nutritionists or holistic nutritionists out there who are quite often... I'm a cousin has gone to someone once. I know enough people that have gone to someone once who's gone, you know, your headaches or your career lag <laughs> or your this, that, the other will all be solved if you just... It's very simple. You just stop eating sugar, alcohol, <laughs> fruit carbs gluten you know and they give them this huge <laughs> fucking list so that all they're left with is a fucking steak and an egg and a, yeah. and a bit of raw spinach You're like yeah i mean they're yeah. just gonna, they'll probably yeah. shit themselves to death that's why they're not gay anymore um but i i thought what was interesting was not only her obviously deeply flawed and weird and worrying study yeah. But her marketing strategy as well. Yeah, to send I, it I to thought, Pink News. To send it to Pink News, an LGBT website, as mm. if they're going to go, oh, yes, <laughs> what, what an interesting study. Yeah. Obviously, they're going to publish an article completely lampooning her and saying how ridiculous she is. 100%. <laughs> yeah, also, <laughs> stop fucking inventing studies with your confirmation bias trying to cure us, you fascist. Oh. I know. I mean, I I sometimes do a, a study for one of my comedy shows oh, yeah, that yeah. I joke is is not necessarily that scientific because it's yeah. like you know a hundred people randomly selected from my Facebook friends, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is clearly a very self-selecting group. Uh, but at least I'm a comedian and I'm kind of making fun of that. Of course, that. yeah. You know, when people take themselves seriously and say, "Yeah, I've done a I've done a study and this is what I found." Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
it's always a bit alarming. But I do oh, think those stereotypes about what you eat being in any way linked to your sexuality uh, are so funny because mm. people have always assumed, because I've, I've been talking about being a big old gay for many, many years, people have always assumed, oh, Rosie, you're a vegetarian, aren't you? So and funny. And I'm like, no, no, I, I love a bit of meat. Not all the time. I'm not chewing on an old carcass now. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I was I had on tour never with them. Um, thought about it, but it is 100% a stereotype about gay women, isn't it? That we're all. Oh, it so is. It so is. And yeah, I was once on tour with um, a feminist theatre company called Scary Little Girls, who brilliant. And we were doing yeah. these random uh, gigs in village halls, you know, out in the in the countryside amazing and that's not preaching to the converted i love it (laughs) it was very peculiar and um yeah so they had um ordered everyone a vegetarian breakfast (gasps) and i was most disappointed because i love i love a you know bacon and eggs and a good old good old fry up when you're away i think one of the uh b&b's we were staying on this tour they did find some old bacon oh, that doesn't sound great they dug up a little bit of old bacon for me finally yeah it is bonkers isn't it when people assume i've got other um friends do you know lovely carrie ad lloyd oh yes yes yeah. she's straight and um she's also got vegetarian vibes <laughs> she's just one of those people who's just always been assumed to be vegetarian and absolutely isn't isn't that funny Funny, yeah. I am. Um, yeah. What's annoying is I sort of am vegetarian. Um, oh, well, it's, it's okay. <laughs> I mean, it's allowed. I'm not really though. I'm not a real <laughs> one. I am. Um, yeah, I love. I still eat fish whenever it's kind of. Whenever we get a takeaway, basically, because my missus doesn't. She's proper vegetarian. I really like it when I can say to people back in the day when you could share food with friends, um, in in real life, IRL. <laughs> I don't think yeah. that's what IRL is meant to be used for, is it? I R- oh, I thought it was IRL. Oh, is I thought it? that's what it was. Okay, well, so. I've started using it. Maybe I'm we'll say where I'm probably not the generation who it's designed for. Um, <laughs> any of those things, when you say them out loud, you're like, um, should I be calling this lit? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, we, they'd be like, oh, um, what do you guys eat or not? And I'd be like, oh... Um, we're vegetarian, but Steph also doesn't eat fish. And they're like, oh, so vegetarian. Like, yeah, <laughs> I am not one. I'm a, I'm a pescatarian and every now and again at a special restaurant. Um, because it's been so long since I've eaten meat, I started to have dreams about eating oh. really nice steaks and things in swanky restaurants. <laughs> so as soon as the world is back open and I can do it outside oh. of the company of my partner, who I think it would upset, I'm totally different. oh really she'd be upset I don't know if she'd be upset actually I think she'd probably be fine but I don't want to feel yeah. any I don't want to be I don't want to be concerned with somebody else's <laughs> I don't want to be concerned with myself with empathy and guilt <laughs> when I'm doing that I don't no. want any emotional connection to it other than joy and abandon <laughs> um, yeah oh god that's so yeah. funny, isn't it? Are there any stereotypes about gay men and what they eat? Oh, um, I did read something about... Um, there's a guy called Simon Doonan who wrote a book called Gay Men Don't Get Fat. What? <laughs> but I think that was a spoofy... I think it was a, a kind of knowing yeah. satirical book. Um, 
And yeah, and he he kind of said that lesbians all like porridge or something. <laughs> so there I we are. I hate porridge. So <laughs> me screw too, you, Simon. It's yeah, really what does fucking he know? boring. It's hot wet oats. It can swivel. I get a lot of, um, whenever I slag off porridge on this podcast, I get a, quite a backlash, Rosie. <laughs> People are quite defensive about not just liking porridge, but how they like their porridge. Um, the porridge lovers. I feel like porridge is tastes of austerity and... <laughs> even if it's got... It bit, I'm gonna, cruel, you're going like... to get emails now going, have you tried it oh. with Biscoff? Have you tried it with banana and this? Have you tried it with... I've tried it with every fucking delicious thing in it. And it's fine. It tastes a bit more like the delicious thing you've put in it. But put the delicious mm. thing on something else that's delicious, like bread. <laughs> yes. Oh, and absolutely. then you've got two delicious things rather than... Oh, I don't know. <laughs> something pu- punitive underneath it. Gruel. Mm. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Oh, I wanted to ask, because, yeah, but you talked about touring. Yeah. Obviously on lockdown, um, well, it's been weird, actually. Have you end- I mean, it's fine if the answer's no, but I just thought, actually, while we're still in lockdown, a lockdown question. But have you ended mm. up having to have any sort of picnics in any weird places back in the times where we could only meet anybody outside? <laughs> um... Yeah, we've kind of done... We did a sort of meeting a friend for a takeaway pizza in Mm. the park, which was nice because it was a lovely pizzeria just around the corner from us, Fireball Pizza, and it was was absolutely lovely. Um, So, yeah, but we didn't... I don't think we did a lot of picnic... When we first met, the summer we first met, we did loads of lovely picnics in Brockwell Park with lovely, you know, where you've got the lovely cheeses and nice nice. soft blue cheese and, you know, just some nice fresh bread that you break and... That's romantic. We used to sometimes have a bit of sushi. 
different. I feel like uh, I feel like a fresh takeaway pizza in a park is pretty lockdowny, actually, isn't it? That's yeah, yeah. It was good. The most thing I remember having was um, like an, an an Indian takeaway in a hotel room. That felt really like this isn't meant to be done like this. Yeah, I've done that, but then it's quite stinky in the hotel room, isn't it? <laughs> it's like yeah. you're still eating that takeaway. <laughs> mm. And almost always you get this, like, yeah, something <laughs> orange on the white sheet. You'd be like, oh, no! Oh, ah. <laughs> then you've got to try and cover Best it up. ever, yeah. Oh, but, yeah, I think eating on tour or on the run is always tricky. And I once did uh, a whole um, little thing daft bit of material about pot noodles not that I would really eat them now but you know there was one time I went to the funny little corner shop and they just really didn't have anything yeah and in the cupboard I just had like a tin of sweet corn and a meringue nest or something you know (laughs) so so I ended up getting a pot noodle which I hadn't done for years and I don't know if you've ever if you've ever read the instructions on a pot noodle because they're brilliant (laughs) <laughs> not properly, not not lately. I, I made a note of them again because I, <laughs> I love this because it says rip off lid. Right. Oh, very aggressive. R- very aggressive. Whip out the sachet. Do you think these are marketed at men or? <laughs> <laughs> quite comical, it's quite isn't it? It's like this is like the um, Pepsi Max versus a Diet Coke, yeah. it, isn't it? Rip it off. Rip, rip it, it off. out. Uh, <laughs> and then you add boiling water, stir, and then my favourite bit, which really says a lot about the kind of people that they think are whipping out the sachet and eating the pot noodle, find the sachet. <laughs> find the sachet. As if you've whipped wow. it out so aggressively, it's yeah. fallen down behind the bookcase. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> or that you have got such enormous hands... That to open it, you just have to tear it with your teeth. And then, because your hands are so undainty, you're, you're incapable of sort of just dribbling the contents in. You've had to just throw it and stuff it deep within the noodles <laughs> to then be foraged back out. Oh, yes, Boiling hot noodle water. <laughs> but then those big old hands probably wouldn't even burn, would they, in the boiling no, hot noodle they're water? They're not even going to need a fork for this. They can just fist it in. <laughs> like an ogre. <laughs> <laughs> like no good. Love the sound effects. Gosh. Yeah. yeah. Bit so of ASMR. I, I think the, uh, the the kind of weird things you end up eating when you really haven't got any yeah. time can be uh, yeah can be tricky. It is funny that actually I found uh, the older I've got, the less I've done that. Even in lockdown, yeah. I've gone and I even have gone looked at during lockdown looked at things during shops and gone oh maybe I should get you know something like super noodles for example I've gone just get a super noodle and try it again you know you've not had one for 10 years or something so try one and see what happens and you've been like nah they're rank uh, like they're oh, crap uh, yeah or um, pasta and sauce pasta and sauce yeah um, yeah I haven't had one of those for a million years but everyone it's a bit one of those things, actually. To bring it back to romance, everyone I've ever been out with has liked them. As often, oh, as, really? often as a, a secret, guilty like. <laughs> but they've pleasure. all liked pasta and sauce. Oh, that um, maybe that's like a first date night. Yeah, um, isn't it weird? They've all <laughs> until Steph supported Arsenal, and they've all had as their favourite Sex and the City character be 
the Miranda one, the lawyer. Is that the lawyer one? The, that one? Yes. Oh, yes. That's... Uh, Yes. It's a a funny combination of things to have in common for the very different set of people I've ever been out with. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I can't imagine Cynthia Nixon eating a pasta and sauce, can you? No, I can't imagine her having that. Although, I don't Mm. know. She was amazing in Ratchet. Have you seen that? (laughs) Oh, no, I haven't seen that yet. It's so good. Oh, I must, because Sarah Paulson, is it? They're both incredible. Amazing. (laughs) <laughs> um, I digress. Yeah, the only thing of those, like, snacky, make it even if you've only got a kettle dinners that stood the test of time, and I mention it probably more as much as anything else on this podcast, but it's super noodles. They're still really nice. chicken flavor super noodles are amazing. Mm. <laughs> You're not convinced. I haven't I haven't often done the super noodle thing. You I can was, pimp I was more of a with, like, yeah. nice other things, like spinach and things. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love pimping things up with spinach. If yeah. we make a soup or something, I always, you know, if we've just bought a nice fresh yeah. soup, I, I always pimp it up with a bit of fresh spinach, mm. even if it doesn't really go. Yeah, <laughs> I always, same. I think it does. It's spinach. Come on. It's have healthy. you ever been, put, have you ever had uh, a shit version of a thing, like uh, either it was off or it's badly cooked or something was wrong with it that's then put you off eating that for years? And have you ever come back from that when it's happened, if it ever has? Oh. Gosh, I... It's a new question I've just know. made up. Yeah, I don't know. That's, that's an interesting question. I tell you what, I'm having some kind of slight, un, a disproportionately large mental breakdown about at the moment. Yes. Is the whole hoo-ha about satsumas slash clementines slash tangerines right. or easy peelers as they're now yeah. often called just call them and easy I, peelers it's, it's just such a lottery as to yeah. what they're going to be like it's so and so true. i we we've just got some on our fruit bowl over there mm. and i haven't been feeling them because the last the last few that we've had have been a bit hmm, you know not not, not so great enough. i quite well, I like them a bit sour, a bit tart, oh. you see. Uh, my girlfriend likes them all sweet when the skin is all a bit baggy and they really yes. are easy peelers. The skin is just going to fall yes. away in a Loose. kind of apathetic, orange peely fainting attack. I had to explain to my son just this week, he was like, this one's gone, this one's mouldy. And I was like, no, 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 Rudy, <laughs> this one's ideal. It just means you barely need to look at it and it's suddenly naked. Yeah, exactly. Well, to bring it back to love and sex, but no, I don't agree. I like them a bit, a bit firm and and slightly tangy, slightly, slightly tangy and slightly uneasy peelers. Ooh. So, yeah. So I must say, I am. I've kind of gone off the whole little little oranges is what my mum used to call little them. Little oranges, fruits of Christmas. We always called them. I've got a friend yeah. who's obsessed with Christmas. And do you remember along along that line, <laughs> years ago in my childhood, uh, kumquats were a thing, right? Which were like the littlest, tiny little orange things, and they were mm. pretty awful, really. But yeah. we kept buying them just to check that we didn't like them. I, I, do they look like? Do they have like a rough, bumpy little skin, and then inside it's like a yeah. s- silky eyeball, about that size. So- yeah, about that size, yeah. I think yeah. that they, they were a real lottery, weren't they? You're at, it doesn't get more of a oh. lottery than that. Because there's something so delicious about them. 
and then you inevitably get to a point where suddenly the flavour turns entirely into soap, like a soap <laughs> flavour, like a sour soap yeah. in the middle. But you, but you needed to endure it because you, because all the yumminess was on its. You had to have on your way to it. And, yeah, oh, yeah. But then you don't want the final taste you're left with to be to be a bad one. No, not sour I'm... soap. You want that to be a final I mean, taste. Not, and you wouldn't want that. I mean, perhaps linking it back to relationships, you wouldn't want that to be your final taste left in your mouth after a relationship no. or a romantic liaison either. No, you wouldn't. I um, I asked the thing about being put off things because when my mum loves seafood and fish again now, but she didn't eat it for about twenty years because she had an off bit of fish with a bone in it when she was a kid, and that oh. was it. And I think I'm yeah. worried that recently I've done the same thing to Steph, but with spinach. Because we were talking about spinach, oh. where I um, I just didn't wash it properly enough, and it was a little bit gritty, and uh, oh. she was like, "Whoa, no, thank you." And then <laughs> since I've made spinach perfectly washed, but she found it tr- too triggering to eat it. Oh wow! Yeah, what have oh. I done? I don't know. Gosh. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I often get the bag that is already pre-washed. Is that very yeah. lazy and terrible? No, I mean, I don't read the bag. I just treat all the bags as if they are pre-washed <laughs> until, <laughs> until this recent event. But I've, unfortunately, I think starting to wash my spinach now is just too little too late. Um, oh, here's hoping she way, can come back it? from it later in life. Gosh. Say scrum diddlyumptious. And then you can be in my podcast. What would you say the swankiest thing you've ever eaten is because it sounds like you know what you're talking about when it comes to making food lovely have you ever had anything really swanky swanky gosh i don't know because i i yeah i i think until this relationship i'm in now yeah i didn't often treat myself like I tried to live fairly frugally yeah. because I think that's been a bit trained into me by right. my dad especially was was fairly frugal and sort of squirrels away his his money like little nuts in the forest mm-hmm. and so yeah I would try and exist on not that much and I didn't sort of treat myself to the most expensive things I always for many years convinced myself that the supermarket owned brand version of things was just as good whereas I'm now going out with somebody and we've been together four and a bit years and and we live together Mm. and she loves spending money she (laughs) she loves it so I like so we're kind I love She's spending great. money on food. I'm frugally oh, almost, yeah. but I, it's, that's my, you know, I've got nothing no, to think... show for my decadence other than a waistline. <laughs> I, or I should say a, a, fer- a well-fueled bod, but I don't, um, yeah. I love, I do love, if all my spare pennies go on nice food. So, I, um, yeah, no, you'll have, but I, I, th- I think the thing probably, I think more of drinks and I think of champagne mm. when I think of kind of posh and swanky. Yeah. And I think a really good champagne is just uh, amazing. Have you got a favourite um, champagne? Um, well, uh, one of my friends, rather brilliantly, for my birthday, got me a bottle of Bolly, mm. and it was a rosé one, and she put rosy on the label. Oh, 
Oh, that's very lovely. Yeah, it was very cute. Oh, delish. Bollinger. Yeah. That's a scrumptious yeah. crummy one. Um, yeah, well, they're, they're, there's lots that are nice, aren't they? Yeah. I quite like a bit of Verve Clicquot. Very nice. nice. I um, uh, They're owned by um, a Moet and Shandon now. Oh, um, yeah. um, and when they when they bought Verve Clicquot, my dad was still working for Moet and Shandon. He worked for them for 15 years. And um, they everybody in the workforce had found out because it was just common knowledge that the takeover of Verve Clicquot was happening, but the company insisted on still doing a very ridiculous and showy reveal to all of the staff um, with like a crappy sort of conference table covered in velvet with a bottle of Verve that was covered in a velvet sheath like that. And then they pulled it <laughs> off and then um, one of my dad's f- favourite friends there made everybody laugh by doing a very sarcastic... <gasps> Um, (laughs) what was under there from when he was working there um yeah i've got more into i i've got more into sparkling wine since i've been with steph i'm not i prefer red wine and still wine and but she's so into fizz (laughs) that i've got much better at that and i i I still prefer like a dry Carver or sparkling wine to like a prosecco or a really sweet one. Mm. The nicest one I had oh, recently. Oh, yeah, was, um, sweet, aren't they? Yeah, I had a lovely sparkling wine from Kent recently called Chapel Down. That was in the summer when you still allowed holidays if they were in the UK. <laughs> that was yeah. really nice. Um, oh. Yeah, bring back the swish things. Although it does sound like lots of swish restaurants are doing takeaways and are innovating during these weird old times. Um, I think, yes. it, funnily enough, probably all do very well out of us around Valentine's Day, won't they? Here's hoping. Oh, they absolutely will. Well, talking of swish and swanky things, yeah. um, I've got a little tiny love heart shaped box <gasps> here that oh. is it was a, a little Fortnum and Mason. Uh, these were little truffles that I got mm. from my girlfriend for Valentine's Day last year. Ruby chocolate sea salt caramel truffles. Oh. And, you know, just in a little tiny love heart box. And I've, I've now the box is empty, but we just kept it. I was going to say, if you I've... haven't eaten them for nearly a year, <laughs> no, that's no. not great, is it? The that's like when you save your Easter eggs. <laughs> yeah. No, no. No, what I've, I popped in there is just a, a kind of prop. I popped a Lindor in there. Oh, I don't really like, <laughs> don't really like those. Rosie, you're so lovely. <laughs> just popped a Lindor ball in there. I, do, I just, understand that the red ones. show you. Why don't you like them? I'm not sure. They're just not. It's not proper chocolate to me. It just <gasps> tastes a bit sugary and oh, and scandal. Even <laughs> the dark shocked. chocolate ones. Do you like dark chocolate? I do. I'm. I'm now more into dark chocolate. I used to really like milk chocolate. You know, like the dairy milk, and I, I would just love a twirl or a flake Can't or yeah, all of those. Yeah. Oh gosh. Whereas now I do find that too sweet, and I've kind of trained my palate, and I, I really okay. love like a dark orange chocolate. Mmm. Mm. There's there's one of those that I keep getting that I'm trying to just kind of stick to darker chocolate because okay. <laughs> the other stuff is so full You're of grown sugar. up. I um I think up. that the dark Lindor balls are the perfect um they're the perfect gateway between milk chocolate and dark chocolate because they're so sweet and creamy still even though they're definitely dark <laughs> chocolate. I think you can take dark okay. chocolate too far though. Um. I'm very. Oh, this is a very yes. ungrateful. But I was bought a, a like a very ethical, pure dark chocolate Montezuma 
um, advent calendar this year and it, it had no sugar at all in it and you couldn't even swallow it. Like, it, yeah. there were these ch big solid chunks of essentially kind of liquefied and re-solidified just cocoa and it was the bitterness. It was like a punishment. Oh. That was, it was yeah. cruel. It's um, a bit much. I remember I once went to a sort of chocolate making workshop, which I think was a, a romantic gift from a girlfriend once. Yeah. And we went, to, and I think, is it, there's a chocolate maker in Islington. Is he called Paul Young or uh -huh. Paul A. Young oh, or something yeah, like yeah. that? I, <laughs> when I think of Paul Young, I think of the 1980s singer, <laughs> wherever <laughs> I lay my hat. Um, but uh, <laughs> no, I. <laughs> Um, we went to this chocolate making workshop and before you go downstairs into the little sort of chocolate making lab where they yeah. mould a little solid salted caramel truffle and you taste lovely things, you taste this raw chocolate and they hand oh. around this sort of, these kind of husks of cocoa and you're just... Wow. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, that's intense. It tastes of medicine. Um, well, it is, it is medicine. It probably is really good. <laughs> In my one, mind. Isn't it? Yeah. Well, it um, can be. And I mean, they do say I had an evolution, I can't say it, evolutionary anthropologist on my podcast once who she did say that eating chocolate, you could argue that it'd be good after a breakup because it releases dopamine. Yeah. So, yeah, a little, a little treat is, is okay. Yeah, yeah. A little, little bit of chocolate oh, is fine. Treat is Probably. One is okay, according to this oh, podcast. Well, absolutely. Well, yeah, of course. Oh, my goodness. Um, and, um, you know, but it's, um, yeah, it's a funny thing, isn't it, where the, working out the boundaries, especially with something like chocolate that's so delicious. I think, I think there is some hocus-pocus in chocolate, particularly compared to other things that are sugar and fat combined, yeah. which are all delicious. But I think it's caffeine, there's something in cocoa. Um, I, bo I bore the listeners because I've shared the story too often on this, but the first time I gave my son a piece of chocolate, it, he was about 14, 15 months old, and... Um, he lost his mind like he changed color he was really happy and then whatever chemicals or are in it kicked in and he yeah. like he went all purple and like flipped out and it, he's he's fine now with a little bit of chocolate but i'm still careful and he's five now i'm still careful because it just it just alters his personality slightly for a minute and you're like okay that's fucking intense that is a lot that's a lot going on there and it's made yeah. it's genuinely made me a little bit more mindful about chocolate in the sense of going like okay well obviously this is delicious it's kicking off all the reward centers in my head it's making me want to eat more and more and more but it is also one of the things that i know when i've had too much of i feel so rank I feel so like queasy and like a bit caffeine queasy, that kind of like you've had yeah, yeah. coffee, it's a similar thing. Um, yeah, so it's probably as much as I, 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 I think that the phrase, you're allowed everything in moderation is problematic because there's judgment based on people's hunger, etc. involved in that. But um, yeah. I think with chocolate yeah. is, I do have to keep an eye on it because I don't want to feel like, as, I don't want to feel minging. Um, no. <laughs> same with coffee. I find coffee as delicious as chocolate. Do you like coffee? Oh, I mean, I wish I still loved it, but no, I, I started getting I started getting headaches, mm. and I thought cutting out coffee was probably a good idea. But I love all the 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 rigmarole around yeah, it, the, ritual. the sort of routine of the ritual is the word. Yes, of of preparing it and all the you know however you do it. It's, it's just so lovely and I've yeah. been out with people who absolutely love coffee and I love 
I've loved preparing coffee for a girlfriend in Aww. bed and, and taking it to her. But I, I kind of stopped. I stopped having it because, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just thought, no, migraines are not very fun. No, and migraines are awful. Oh, Touchwood got better since I uh, stopped stopped having coffee. Okay. And, yeah, but fair I think yeah, they're a bit hormonal as well. God. Yeah, fair play. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Being a woman. Uh, it's so hard. It's really hard sometimes. Um, yeah, it's funny with... I think coffee's very... It's super addictive. I um, Well, yes. I, I just have to... I, I love the taste of it so much that it's the thing more than any other thing that I'll have and be like, oh, I've overdone it. <laughs> I'm, I'm jittery. Especially in lockdown when you're in your head a bit more. I've noticed that I can... Sometimes an early morning coffee, I, I can feel actually slightly high afterwards. Like almost yeah. drunk, like the perfect point of drunkness where you're like, oh, I'm very chatty. I'm very up. Um, <laughs> but in lockdown, you're like, oh, it sort of give, with the high comes a sense of dread. It feels a waste. After, it's such a waste. Like, I've got no one. I've got no one to be this, this, this energetic to. No one's listening. <laughs> Quickly get a pen. Get a pen out. Have an idea. Quick. Use it. Um, Write yeah. something. And then yeah. you're like, oh, now I'm waiting for the crash. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> Talking of ritual, have you ever had anything um, that you uh, have eaten or drunk in a particularly ritualistic way? Um, the classic example is how people eat their Cadbury's cream egg. I guess that's been realised uh. as the thing of that people have special ways of doing it. But do you have anything at all that you eat or drink in a particular way? Or you think demands to be eaten or drunk fast, slow? Yeah, I think, I think one often has to be careful when eating a banana. Okay. <laughs> Well, you know, it can look a little yeah. suggestive, <laughs> shall we say? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I um, yeah, I think fruit in general can be yeah. quite sexy and ritualistic, and yeah, um, you know, we have kind of passion fruit and a kind of fruits that sound sensual, and figs sort of look a bit sexy and sensual, don't they? Yeah, um, I remember once there was a woman who was trying to seduce me, and I hadn't <laughs> realised, and then she'd prepared this little. She would, she invited me around to dinner and she'd made this starter that was sort of kind of parma ham and figs. But I don't know how to describe it. But it was arranged in such a way that it felt sexual. <laughs> she made it. She made it look like a tuppence. <laughs> oh, she made yeah, it look like it. two boobs and then a tuppence with the ham. How would she make it? I don't want to yeah. identify the person, but I really want to know what formation she'd laid the figs and ham out oh. in. <laughs> I was tickled when you first said um, figs were on the list of sexy food or love food because figs make me think they make me think sort of of nanas and uh, sort of crusty old chunky biscuits. Oh, oh right. Oh, like fig rolls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's um, it's interesting. The thing we probably all have very very different ideas yeah. about what would be sexy or romantic food. Um, I know when I started this relationship, I ended up going to the corner shop um, to get some milk and get some breakfast stuff after my girlfriend, my new, new, new lover had just sort of unexpectedly stayed over because she turned me down the night before and said, oh no, I'm not ready to sleep with you and then turned up the next day and said, yeah, I am. <laughs> I changed my mind actually, turns out I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Um, so I kind of because it'd been after a slightly dry spell of me feeling a bit unsexy mm. like I was getting a bit old and a bit past it I kind of was 
going to the corner shop with a bit of a swing in my step and a bit of a zhuzh. And I realised I'd got slightly kind of messy bed hair and I ended up doing a comedy routine about this, how, you know, you bump into one of the neighbours and you're like, oh, morning. (laughs) (laughs) And you you kind of wonder if everyone's noticed a bit of a glow about you. And so when you go to the shop, you get, you decide you're going to go crazy and buy lots of things that obviously are for a sort of sexy breakfast with <laughs> some croissant that you're going to kind of roll about in the crumbs in the crisp white sheets <laughs> and some passion fruit that you're going to squeeze over each other or some champagne you're going to pour over each other's naked bodies or, you know, some oysters that are an aphrodisiac. I mean, clearly, very well-stocked corner shop, this one. Um, but... <laughs> I kind of had this whole routine about how, you know, obviously everyone in the corner shop or my neighbourhood was going to think that I was, you know, a sex bomb reactivated, (laughs) whereas they probably thought I was just having a bit of a breakdown. (laughs) Oh, I love it. The supermarket used to be quite a cruising ground, apparently. I've not heard this for many years. Oh, there used to be certain ones like Islington Sainsbury's. And this was back in the 90s when I lived in Islington. What? And, <laughs> yes. And I think Clapham Sainsbury's as well was mm. apparently um, one, particularly for for gay men and lesbians. Really? I don't know, this is probably why I heard it. And would there and be like so... um, dog whistle things that you could have in your shopping trolley that people would know? <laughs> so, no. Like, would there be like... Or, a... Like a big courgette. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah, or some figs and ham so... laid out. Yeah, figs and ham. Yeah. Um, yes, and, well, I once back in back in the day when I was a bit more kind of naughty and frisky then I'm very sort of monogamous and and, and chaste these days <laughs> but back in the day um I did go to Islington Sainsbury's not not really thinking anything was going to happen but I had a bit of a a flirtation with the there was a German student who was working at the checkout yeah. who was really hot and we sort of kind of exchanged a bit of a glance and then I just decided to go for it and slipped on my number and we had a little bit of a, a fling. Wow, hey. that's very cool. Um, no, it could have backfired. She could have been like, ooh, go away. You know, yeah, I've never done that ever in my life. Um, ever at all. I so rarely, I so rarely have ever done that thing where you catch someone's eye and be like, well, we've just caught each other's eye. That, um, <laughs> that I remember the only time it's ever happened. <laughs> um, and it was on the tube and it was with a chat. Uh, um, I just remember looking up and looking up and thinking, oh my God, that man is absolutely beautiful. Um, and then looking away again and then looking back again and he was looking at me yeah. and he smiled and I think I went, <laughs> oh God, fuck it out. He, he was looking back. Um, and that was, that was the end of that. No, no, no oh. were exchanged. Um, well, hey, sweet though. It was sweet. Yeah. And I remember it, no. which is pathetic and also lovely. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty. He had the most beautiful eyes. He had like the eyes that you'd put on a doll. Like these long, long lashes. Um, oh, maybe he's out there still. Maybe. And remembers you as well. Well, I'm busy <laughs> now. I'm busy We've now. We've all moved on. We've all moved on. Um... <laughs> Um, five second rule yes or no oh I say no girlfriend (gasps) says yes right so 
So she, to be honest, I'll leave it and she'll pick it up and have it. <laughs> <laughs> it's match made in but heaven. Then, it's perfect. It really is. But yeah. then to be honest, the dog will have probably beaten her to it. Right. Well, fair enough, of course, Dolly the dog. So we just go on the floor, Dolly, and yeah. I love it. Um, it doesn't take five seconds for her to hoover it up. <laughs> fair play. Um, if there was no other choice, would you eat a person? <laughs> Gosh, if there was no other choice, it might depend who the person fair is. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, I don't know if... Yeah, uh, you know, it would, I would feel terrible eating my girlfriend. Yeah. Um, but you know, most other people I might be able to do <laughs> slightly more. Oh, I love that there's only one exception. If I can rule out eating my lover, other than that, yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll eat, yes. I'll eat the rest. Yeah, depends on the big I'd probably be able to detach a bit more easily with almost everyone else. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> probably not my dad. Oh, uh, yeah, no, I wouldn't oh. want to eat my parents. No, I've got quite stringy parents as well, actually. <laughs> quite pickled, quite heavily pickled <laughs> and stringy, my, my parents. Three goats um, con a hungry troll and throw him in a river in a famous story. Unsurprisingly, the troll is raging. He decides to come for humans. He's unconnable now and is determined to eat us all. He's bigger than the Hulk times a million and he's gonna, he's gonna scoff everyone up. It's terrifying. He's agreed to stop it though, but only if you, and weirdly it does have to be you, agree to run three marathons dressed as whichever one of the ghosts it was in the Christmas Carol that had to carry all them chains around. It sounds impossible, <laughs> Izzy, but you do it. You're a hero. Your yes, reward yes, is the agile of all humans and animals for all time for saving us from the hungry troll um, but your reward in the moment and bearing in mind it's like the opposite of a last meal because you're the happiest and the hungriest that it's possible to be your reward in the moment <laughs> is the fantasy feast of your dreams I would love to know if nothing had any consequences I don't give a shit about health, ethics, any of that nothing even needs to be possible in your dream situation at peak hungriness and happiness what would you eat, what would you drink mm. and if there's a who with and where you can add a who, with, and where. I also want to add the caveat that I, I, and all listeners understand this is only your answer now. And were I to ask you in fifteen minutes, you might give a completely different answer, and that's also fine. Well, first of all, I just wanted—I remembered that I once had a strategy for if ever some angry beast or perhaps troll was coming at you and wanted to eat you. Um, my, I thought you could try spreading yourself, smearing yourself in marmite. Because you might have a 50-50 chance. Because people either love That's it or hate brilliant. it. And I assume trolls either love it or hate it as well. Yes. Because So it might just increase your odds. Yeah. Because you know? it's probably 100% going to eat you if it's just running at you. But it could it could be just 50% if you smear yourself in Marmite. That's such a good That's idea. assuming you had a jar of Marmite handy. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that you were so quick at smearing that you weren't wasting time smearing uh, that you could have been running away. Uh, yeah. But fine. Great yeah. idea. Great idea. I'm happy you've thrown it in there. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the, the lovely feast. Honestly, I would have to have lots of different choices. Yeah. Because that's what I love. Probably just a really, really amazing tapas with, with all kinds of different things. But not just a tapas that is just, you know, Mediterranean-y kind yeah. of things. Like a bit of everything. A bit of curry, a bit of Thai, a bit of Italian, you know, a bit of pizza, a bit of... Nice. A bit of everything, really. 
Great. Uh, a bit of bit of a roast. Nice. Stroganoff, you know, oh, a bit of everything. Because we, we had um, this amazing deal last year on a ski holiday. And um, I don't really do skiing, but my girlfriend loves it because um, she loves spending money. So, you know, expensive... Expensive, expensive holidays holiday. just sliding down a mountain yeah um and so we got this amazing deal at this lovely hotel in bulgaria because the ski resort is not all that but the hotel was really really amazing nice. and they just the dinner every night was just this huge buffet with mm. everything every oh, wow. night it was just you lift up the silver things and you'd be like oh you know like you say a bit of stroganoff a bit of wow. curry a bit of whatever a bit of a roast chicken or some fish or there was just everything and you're probably just meant to choose one or two things but we just had everything <laughs> yes well especially yeah. after skiing as well that's the hungriest i've ever been it's like swimming times 100 oh. isn't it, skiing it leaves you ravenous oh, oh my god absolutely you've got to have an emergency twix in your little pocket on the yes side of <laughs> oh, i love it did you have any um do they have really thick hot chocolate that's been my favorite thing about my few adolescent skiing trips hot chocolate that was basically oh, yes. like hot mousse it was so thick and delicious yes i remember in uh, in bruges i had a hot chocolate where they just melted a whole slab of chocolate yeah. into hot milk oh yeah, yes okay well if you're skiing then that can be your pudding um and i take it you're gonna have your girlfriend there yeah yes. yeah my girlfriend i mean am i allowed to have the pets as yeah, well have the pets you can it's a fantasy meal so you can have you can have them able to join you at the table and have opposable ha- thumbs if you want. Oh, amazing. Oh, that'd be fun. And maybe to talk as well. Yeah, and, no, they and can chat. talk for this meal. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. And, and maybe we'd be on a little table on a lovely beach with mm. the sea kind of lapping nearby. Lovely. And, you know, it'd be just us. Um, but I suppose somebody very kind would be bringing our food to us. Yeah. But... We'd just be there and you can just hear the sea. Because I just think the sea is wonderful. We're actually yeah. trying to currently um, buy a little flat in Margate, oh, which we're very nice. excited about. Oh, spend some mm. money. Spend some money in Margate. Do it. Yeah, well, I've, I've never, ever been on the property ladder. So, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Go <laughs> this is my little dream. I love it. Um, thank you so much for doing this. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm in my tum. What a lovely episode, hey? If you're not already, please follow Rosie on the internet. On Twitter, she's at Rosie Wilby, W-I-L-B-Y. On Instagram, she's at Breakup Monologues, which is the name of her forthcoming book that you can pre-order now and the name of her amazing podcast, which, if you're listening to this on the day it's released, um, a new season of the Breakup Monologues is being released this day. Um, I am going to be a guest on it on the 8th of March, on International Women's Day, actually. And if you'd like, you can be in the virtual audience. Um, ticket details are on the Poplar Union website. That's a venue. It's under the events section. You'll be throwing a bit of love that venue's away too, frankly, if you came along to the virtual audience. So I'd recommend doing that. Anything that helps venues and theatres, etc., stay afloat at the moment is a good thing. Um... As ever, um, links to everything I just said. I did say an overwhelming amount of things, didn't I? 
are just in the podcast notes. Read them at your leisure. Anything in capitals means it's a link. Click it. I want you all to have a very happy Valentine's Day, guys. Even if you don't care about it, just have a nice day and eat something fit. Um, And if you feel like no one does love you, I love you. Um, If you want to try Oddbox, you can get a tenner off your first box. I'm not being sponsored by them, by the way. I just love them. And uh, anyway, there's a link in uh, the bio of the podcast's Twitter. I hope you're already following at the Hoovering Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Um, You can support the podcast with lovely reviews and recommendations or even with cold hard cash over at Acast Supporter or on Patreon. Links to all of that as well, also in the podcast notes. Follow me on the internet if you like, at Jessica Foster Q. Got quite a lot of online gigs and that sort of gubbins going on at the moment. Anything longer than a tweet, um, you can email me through my website if you like. Um, JessicaFosterQ.com. Huge thanks to ACAST for hosting the podcast. Hoovering is produced by Emma Corsham and the music is by Mike Greenway. Until next week, happy Hoovering. 